John 13, verses 34 through 35, we've been on a theme of what if and looking at some of the ifs in the Bible. Not that there is anything questionable about God's Word, but it tells us that if certain things are true in our life, it will be evident. And today we're looking at what if I really loved others? What if I really loved others? And in John chapter 13, in verses 34 through 35, the Lord said some conditions would happen if we love one another. Do we show love for one another like Jesus said? Here's what it says in John chapter 13 and verse 34 through 35. This is written in red, so it's the words of the Lord Himself. He says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So the Bible's telling us that the Lord is saying, you've got to love each other. This is a command, this is a condition of Christianity, that you love one another. And says in verse 35, and by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if, that's the what if, if you love one another. So the Lord is telling us, He's given us a command, is a condition of Christianity that we've got to love one another. And He's telling us that by the love that we have, Others will know that we are Christians, that we are followers of Christ. Tertullian, who is a theologian of the years past, and about a hundred years after the death of Christ, it was recorded that he had heard a non-Christian saying this about Christians to someone else. See how they love each other? They're even willing to die for one another. A hundred years after the death of Christ, and someone records about Christianity. See how they love each other? They're even willing to die for one another. What if we fast forward into 2,000 years, which would put us to where we are now, 2,000 years, and would Tertullian say the same things that he had heard, or would he hear someone say, look how they bite and devour one another? I hope that wouldn't be it, but sometimes it seems like that within even the walls of the church that people bring the worldly aspects and the mentality within their Christianity and instead of doing what Christ has commanded us to do and said it's a condition of Christianity, instead of loving one another, we seem to always have the tensions and biting and devouring one another. And yet Jesus says that we're to love one another and He explains to us how much we're to love one another when he says, love one another as I have loved you. And then he says, by this, all men, all people, everyone will know that you are my disciples. The word that the Lord used when he said no is the word gnosko in the Greek language. And the word gnosko carries a little more depth than just knowing or understanding. It does interpret to know, to understand, to get a comprehension of. But the word gnosko means in an intimate way. It means you have a personal connection. I believe that if I could word this in the way that we use words today, it would be saying, and by this love will all people know, all men know, everyone know, and understand, and see, and desire to be a disciple of Christ. I don't think it was by accident that the Lord used the word Gnosko because He was saying that not only would people say, oh, they love each other, they must be Christians. But He's saying they would see it, 
They would understand it. They would embrace it and desire to have this Christian discipleship, this love like we have. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what if I really loved others the way that Jesus is telling us to love? And what would that love be like? The Lord used the word agape, is actually the word agapo, but we usually say agape and when he said love. And that word agape in the Greek language meant the ultimate type of love. We use the word love today in a lot of different ways. I love donuts. Amen to that. I, I love to go hunting. Then we take it to another form. I just love him. He's so sweet. Or I just love her. She's got such a great personality. I love my grandkids. I love my wife. We use love in a lot of different ways, don't we? We've gone from everything to I love donuts to I love my spouse, I love my grandkids, and all in between. So we use the word love in a lot of different ways and a lot of different expressions. But in the Greek language, they were a little more detailed in the word selection. And so the Lord didn't say, I, I want you to love each other with a phileo love, a friendship love. He didn't say, I want you to love each other in an eros way. He didn't say, I want you to love each other in just a romantic way or a friendship. But he said, I want you to phileo love. Or not phileo, but agape love. I want you to have the ultimate love for one another, just like I loved you. What was the love of the Lord like? And I began to look to the Scriptures and see how was Jesus' love shown in, in this agape type love? And one of the ways that I saw that the love of the Lord was, was a sacrificial love. That the Lord showed His love in a sacrificial way, and that's revealed in John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, that we might have eternal life. Now that's a sacrificial love, and that matches up with agape type love. Agape love means willing to sacrifice of yourself. It's not what you can get, but what you can give. That's the type of love that agape love is. And then I looked at the Lord's love, and not only was it sacrificial, but the Lord's love was a serving type love. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, the Lord said this, that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So God's only Son came to the earth, not for us to serve Him, but for Him to serve us. That's the type of agape love. I looked at what the Lord said on the cross, where He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And so that shows the Lord came with a forgiving love, isn't it? He came and was willing to even forgive those who had insulted Him, humiliated Him, and hurt Him to the ultimate point. And yet the Lord said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. The Lord also showed us an unconditional love. Matter of fact, Romans 5.8 says, God showed His love to us even that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's an unconditional love, not that, all right, if you do certain things for me and if you show love to me, I'll show love to you back. But the Lord is expressing that even though we were sinners and we went against Him, He still loved us. He also showed the love that was a chosen love. When it says in John 15, 16, the Lord said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And so as I look at this agape love that the Lord has shown, and He says, love one another as I have loved you, that's what the type of love the Lord's wanting us to have. A love that is sacrificial, 
A love that is serving, forgiving, unconditional. A love that is by choice. A chosen love. There are a few people in our church that are from adoption. The meaning that they belong to some parents that didn't give them natural birth, but they were adopted. And I know that on a different occasions, I've heard different ones of them who have made statements that implied that they feel like they are loved more than some natural born children because the parents that they have didn't birth them into this world. They chose to take them and to love them. And to them, that was a love that seemed to be an expression that goes beyond the natural love. A chosen love. And the Lord said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So we look at the Scriptures and the Lord said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you, meaning in this mindset, in this heartbeat, that's how I want you to love one another. And that expression, loving one another, began to get in my mind. And I thought, you know, the Bible is loaded with scriptures that talk about how we're to do one another. And so I looked at that and I said, all right, how is our love shown for one another? If the Lord is saying that we're to love one another as He is loved, how can we tell if we are actually showing one another this type of love? I began to look at it and I saw, all right, loving one another the way Jesus talked about, if we're showing it according to the scriptures, we would be kind to one another. And that's revealed in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. It says that we're to be kind, compassionate, patient with one another. So if we're showing this love of Christ, the love that we show for each other is going to be a love of kindness. We're going to show kindness to one another just like the Bible says. Kindness, compassion, patience. And you know, we uh, in this congregation and in every congregation that you look at in the world today, there's different personalities, different ways of doing things. And sometimes when you get groups together, you can create friction, can't you? Because we have different personalities and we do like to do things different way and we think things should be done in a certain way. But the Bible's telling us that if we're going to love one another, we're going to be kind, patient, and compassionate to one another. Given to the other person before we give of ourselves. That same verse in Ephesians 4.32 tells us that we're to be forgiving. The Lord set the example on the cross when He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And then the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.32 that if we love one another, we'll be forgiving of one another. I think within Christianity, that's probably the thing we struggle with the most. The thing that Jesus expressed the most we seem to struggle the most. Yeah, but he or she did this to me, or they said this about me, or they treated me this way, or they turned their head away from me. And yet the Bible tells us that the Lord teaches us to forgive one another, and that's how people will know that we're His disciples, that we belong to Christ by that heartbeat of forgiving one another. And then I continue to look to the Scriptures, and it tells us in Hebrews 10.25 that we're to encourage one another. And here's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25. He says, Let us not give up meeting together, just like we are today, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. The Bible's telling us that the closer and closer that we get to what Caitlin said a while ago, the return of Christ, the more and more we need to encourage one another. Why is that so important? We need to be encouraging each other so that we stay close to the Lord and that we continue to do the work of the Lord because the closer we come to the Christ, 
the return of Christ, the more that we need to be reaching those who do not know Christ. And we don't have time to be at tension to one another. We need to be spending our time encouraging one another and building each other up. The Bible also tells us this in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. That would be great for the Lord to say about us today, wouldn't it? What if the Lord said, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact I see you are doing now. Building each other up, building up the church of God. I read a story one time about a vacation Bible school that was going on at a church and this lady was doing the uh, music with the children and she had kind of got behind and she was in a hurry and she brought in the next group of kids and she had it in her, there's a small group of kids and she had it in her mind, I'm going to teach them how to do the song, uh, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and let out all the people and she had a little song about that. She brought the group of kids in and as she brought them in, she noticed one little boy came in that she had not seen before that only had one hand. She brought them in. She started looking at all her material and she started going over some things with them. And she said, all right, we're going to learn the song that I have put together about the church. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and let all the people. So everybody put your hands together. And the moment she said that, she thought, "Ah, he only has one hand. Suddenly she was silent. And then she saw the little girl standing beside that little boy and she took her hand and she stuck her hand over to him and said, Let's build a church together. That's kind of what God wants us to do, isn't it? He wants us to be encouraging one another and building the church together and put our hands together and say, here's the church and here's the steeple. Let's open the door and see all of God's people loving one another. We're to be encouraging one another. The Bible also teaches us that we're to be accepting one another. The Bible tells us in Romans 15, 7, it says... Accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. If there's any place, you know, we live in a world that there's a lot of isolation, segregation in different ways of people that have different lifestyles and different things. But if there's any place that should be accepting, it should be the church. And the Bible tells us in Romans that we're to accept one another just as Christ accepted us. What does that mean in I'll take you and accept you in spite of your differences, your faults, your failures, your imperfections. I'll take you just as you are. And then I'll let God work on you from there. That's acceptance. And that's what the Lord teaches us, that we're to accept one another. Now, that doesn't mean that we accept sin to be within the church, but we accept one another and then we let God do the work on us to do a changing and a transforming in our life. The Bible also tells us that uh, we are to be those who are being burden bearers for one another. In Galatians 6, 2, it says this, that we are to bear one another's burdens or to carry each other's burdens. And in this this way, we will fulfill the law of Christ. Meaning if a brother or sister in Christ is struggling in their life, whether it's some issues that they're struggling with or finances they're going with, or maybe they've got a lot that's just kind of fallen on them at one time, We need to be there to carry each other, to bear each other's burdens, to help one another. No matter what the aspect is that's going on in our life. We talked about in our men's breakfast. We had a great men's breakfast this morning. Greg Lynn gave a great devotion this morning. 
And we also talked about that there was one within our group that had a lot of things going on in their life right now and they might need our help and that we as a body of Christ needed to jump in there and to help them. That's carrying each other's burdens. That's bearing each other's burdens. That when a brother or sister in Christ is in need in any way, we're there for them. We take a little bit out of our time, a little bit out of our pocketbook, whatever it may take, so that we can bear one another's burdens or carry each other's burdens. But the Bible also tells us this in Galatians 5.13, and that is that we're to be serving one another or to be servants to one another. And here's what it says. It says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. Be there to help each other, to serve each other's needs. And you look at all that the Bible says, and we could spend a great amount of time of looking at all the scriptures in the Bible that talks about one another. But the basically all those things that I've talked about, about being kind to one another, forgiving one another, encouraging one another, accepting one another, bearing each other's burdens, serving one another. It's all things that surround about if we truly love each other like Jesus wants us to love, our actions are going to show it. Just like the little boy that had only one hand and the little girl said, put her hand up to it and said, let's build the church together. That's basically what Jesus is telling us today. Let's put our hearts and our hands together. Let's love one another, put our hearts and our hands together, and let's build the church so that others will see the love of Christ. Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, as we come to the close of the service, God, we've heard the testimony of Caitlin as she shared about going over to Thailand, showing the love of Christ there, praying for those who are Buddhist, ministering to those little children that were in the orphanages that are in situations that they don't have parents to care for them. Lord, we talked about how our church put together 11,000 meals to help feed children in other countries like Uganda that can't provide for themselves. Lord, these are all ways that we can share the love of Christ. But Your Word tells us very clearly that if others are going to truly know that we are Christians, You said that we must love one another as You loved us. And Lord, we look at how Your love was. There's no doubt about it. It was an agape love, unconditional. It's a love that was sacrificial, that You chose to love us. And Lord, it's with that same type of love that you expect us to love one another. Unconditionally, sacrificially, a love of choice that we choose to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Lord, I pray, God, that as we have come together and we've helped Caitlin to go to Thailand, we've come together and we've helped send meals to another country, Lord, I pray that our church body will continue to come together and to love one another, and to work together, so that maybe in this year of 2016, just like Tertullian spoke of the first century Christians, look how they love one another. They're even willing to die for one another. Lord, I pray that we would show that same type of love. And Lord, I don't know what is in the hearts and lives of people, but I pray, Lord, that if there's in, in our church body, if there's any tension... Lord, that you would heal that tension. Lord, if there's anyone within our body of Christ that's in need, Lord, that we would come to their need and that we would help them in time of need. Lord, I pray that 
we would truly show the love of Christ and we would put ourselves aside. Because Lord, it really all comes down to this. You said that you came not to be served, but to serve. Meaning you came and you didn't choose for everyone to serve you and to bow down to you. But Lord, you came to minister to us, to touch our lives, and to bring us to a right relationship with God. And Lord, I pray that we would see ourselves as servants to each other, sacrificially, unconditionally, choosing to love each other with the love of Christ. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do through us and for each other. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.